Have you ever wished you could speak just a little bit of Irish? Well, 2018 is the official year of the Irish language. And after listening to this podcast, you should have Takupla Fakal, or a couple of words. Today's podcast is brought to you by my award-winning book, Planning the Ireland Vacation of Your Dreams. To get your own copy and plan your unforgettable Ireland vacation, visit store.irelandfamilyvacations.com and click books. Now, let's welcome Owen O'Croker of Bite Size Irish Gaelic. Hi, everyone. Thanks again so much for joining me here at the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about the Irish language, um, because this is Balian Naguelaga, which is the 125th anniversary of the Irish language revival movement from 1893 by the Gaelic League. And so my guest today is someone who I trust implicitly with my Irish language skills as small and minimal as they are. And I am really excited to speak with Owen O'Croker, which would be O'Connor here in the States, right? Yeah. Hi, Tony. How are you doing? I'm good, Owen. I'm good. It's so nice to talk to you again. Now, for those of you who maybe haven't heard of Owen or haven't read any of the Irish language information on my website, Owen has an Irish language teaching tool online called Bite Size Irish Gaelic. And it's really a handy, easy to use tool. And you're expanding it all the time. And so I'm excited to hear about that. But before we dig into Bite Size Irish Gaelic, why don't you tell me a little bit about this Irish language anniversary and a little bit about the Irish language? Yeah, um, it's an interesting topic because it's so colored. It's, it goes into prehistory. Um, so where do we start? Um, <laughs> you said it's Blian Gaelaga, so it's the year of the Irish language. Gaelaga is one way to call the language. Even the language has different names depending on where you're from in Ireland. But that's, yeah, that's the main, the standardized title. <laughs> Not this yeah. So they declared uh, 2018, and I think it's a fantastic way to put a, a mark in the sand, you know, just an extra special year to celebrate how far we've come and where we are today, because definitely the language has gone through different steps, and it's in a positive step uh, for me right now, and 2018. Uh, so it's a fantastic time to celebrate. So now you said how far the Irish language has come. And I think that's really an interesting point. A lot of people may not realize that the Irish language prior to um, 1893 was really, I mean, it was almost nearly a dead language, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, there was definitely, there's been continuous speakers, you know, communities all the way through that time to modern Ireland. Um, so it definitely wasn't uh, killed altogether. How does it come to Ireland? It was in 
it, it invaded Ireland itself, you know, it was a mm -hmm. cultural invasion with the Celts. I'm not sure if we even know what language or languages were spoken around Ireland before the Irish language came along. Uh, they say that some of our rivers, for example, have names coming from pre-Celtic times. So this is all prehistory. Mm -hmm. um, so there was definitely a stage where Ireland was an Irish language speaking country and it was written Irish goes back very far. And mm -hmm. I don't want to put a year on it because um, I would get my facts wrong. <laughs> but it goes about uh, 1500 years back. So it had a, a, I guess, a strong written tradition mm -hmm. um, through the monks and religious texts. So, you know, Ireland, uh, we've been invaded several times. So I, I'm speaking from Limerick City, mm -hmm. uh, which is in the west of Ireland. I find it really amazing that I can go down to the local King John's Castle here in the city and there's old walls that you can see from the original Viking settlement, which basically established this city, along with a lot of other towns and cities mm -hmm. in Ireland, like Dublin, Waterford, and many more. So even, obviously, the Vikings were speaking a different language, right? So we, you can't ever say that the Irish language was probably the only language in the land. So let's try to fast forward a bit. <laughs> Some more invasions, it was in the 1800s, probably the, the people in the cities, I, I'm guessing, were speaking more English. And then the one name for it is the potato famine. That might be itself a kind of biased marketing tool. I'm starting to realize the name of it. So that would definitely put uh, pressure on the language because suddenly in the island of Ireland, we went from about 8 million people down to 4 million people. So those 4 million people either died or left. Mm -hmm. And it was the Irish-speaking population, definitely, that was it just, they were the poor. Mm -hmm. And since then, I think the Irish language in Ireland has been basically given a, a very heavy burden. It was seen as like probably an economic problem you know why would you speak irish um you might get a job on the local farm if you speak english okay so even today I, I think implicitly it's ingrained in a lot of my friends minds uh all these generations down <laughs> even today if i'm on the street speaking irish with my family it can seem a little strange like it's not a completely natural thing to do mm -hmm. but the great thing is it's gone under, it, there's so much more acceptance for it and there's a vitality for it. I think, looking back, TG Cahir, TG4, that was a, mm -hmm. the station that was launched for the Irish language. Um, geez, I don't know how long ago, is it 20 years already? Could be. Their TV shows were suddenly cool and there was really fun presenters that they found and it just happens to be through the Irish language. Mm -hmm. um, so it just, showed people in Ireland that you can have a bit of fun through the language. And now there's this, there's, I guess now, there's, a, there's always been this shift from the countryside to the urban areas in Ireland, right? Mm -hmm. And traditional places where Irish is spoken, the Gaeltacht regions, like some of them are still there. Um, but Irish 
is finding its way through you know, uh, people connected over the internet and people uh, meeting each other in the cities, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some really nice uh, podcasts even that are in the English language, but they're about the Irish language. Um, we could add a, a link if you want after. Um, it's maybe a little offensive, the name, which is why I'm just not naming it, but it's a fantastic podcast. So you can just feel the energy of the young people um, around the Irish language. As we were saying, this is the 125th anniversary of the Irish language revival movement, which took place in 1893. And that kind of followed a somewhat, well, it was following a turbulent period after the famine. But then it kind of led up to another turbulent period in Irish history. And it was almost like the Irish were, you know, taking back their culture and taking back Ireland in a way against Britain. Yeah, um, it's a complicated story, isn't it? Because (laughs) it really is. The the language exists on its own already. Like, it's just a fundamental part of what Ireland is. Like, Ireland is what all the. Everything it went through as a nation or as a land, as a people, through prehistory and history, and we are what we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, 1916, that was the Easter uprising, uh, the first, as, no, it wasn't the first. There were other uprisings, actually, and mm-hmm. well before that. Um, but it seemed to be the tipping point for Irish independence, so independence of the Irish state. Mm-hmm. So that kept going. To the 1940s, I believe, when it was, it became a republic, and that being said, um, it was made a country, a divided country, with Northern Ireland mm-hmm. remaining in the United Kingdom, where the rest of the island basically split off into a new state. Yeah, and that's part of the trouble, I guess, with the language, because when you start to politicize something, it can be such an emotive thing, mm-hmm. and the language exists all on its own apart from that. So it definitely was part of this nationalistic movement that it, w- it was certainly part and parcel of the uprising and the early formings of the the free state, as it was called, um, through our civil war as well. So, you know, it, it, this all, I guess, gives us a very rich topic to invest our energy in. You know, it, yeah. the Irish language, for me, it has it comes with a lot of baggage, but it's, it's um, a way to tap into basically a feeling of Irishness. If you learn to express yourself even a little bit, it's such a deep personal thing to be able to express yourself even in little bits through the language and you're basically expressing through your body your connection with Ireland and your Irishness finding your belonging in Ireland. I really like the way you put that that it's it's a deeper connection than than anything that might have been surrounding it through history. I really like the the feeling that that emotes and mm. To, to that point, that really makes Bite Size Irish Gaelic, which can be found at bitesize.irish, but that really makes your project a very personal one. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, so 
our service it launched publicly in, in 2010, so it's been going eight years already when we're talking now. And it's it doesn't come from me really, you know. Um, I I posted Irish language recordings online uh, in the mid 90s, and it just went from there. You know, there was people who from the very beginning were emailing me. Just for example, an Australian aid, Aiden, Adrian, he got in touch with me. We were emailing for years, and then when he did travel around Ireland to see his ancestral land, we met up and we went to the local pub and we visited some places. So, you know, such great connections made over the years. So it, I, I posted some recordings online because it was part of who I am. I was brought up through the Irish language. And people just kept asking for more. So it went through a couple of different phases. I had a site called irishthings.com and a translation forum. And then when I really sat down and started talking uh, with my wife, Sasha, like, what could we do to really help people? And that's what Bite Size is today. So it always amazes me, Jodie, like when somebody goes so far as to wanting to speak the Irish language you can tell that there's emotion there, there's a connection there. Why would somebody go that far when you could probably say that most people would maybe not understand that Ireland has its own native language even? Mm -hmm. Possibly it's kind of hard to tell what people understand from Gaelic, from that term. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just have an immense respect uh, for the people who do start digging into their their culture so deeply that they want to start to learn to express themselves through what really is a beautiful language. It really is. And to hear it spoken by people who have spoken it their entire lives is just, it it will actually just take your breath away for a few minutes and, and then your brain starts to catch up and you try to figure out, okay, did I, do I know what they said? Did I catch a word or two? And as you mentioned earlier, you were talking about TG Cahart, which is a great spot to just turn on, you know, on your computer and listen as you're doing something else, kind of like a background, a background uh, music or, or soundtrack, if you will. But it's, it's a language that when you hear it spoken to you is a little different than if you're just hearing it on a TV. And it I know personally with my little tiny bit of Irish that I have, it always, I always have to stop and regroup. It's like my brain has to kind of shift gears for a minute because I'm just not that proficient. But your site, I know when I started using it in, and it was new, it was really new when I started using it. It might've been 2011 or 2012. So it's come a long way since then. You've Gosh, you've got so many, so many offerings now. Do you want to kind of explain all the different things that you, that you have for people who might want to learn Irish? Yeah, definitely. Well, a, a free thing they can do, um, if they want to come to Bite Size Irish Gaelic or Bite Size Irish, we've got a free one month course where you throw in your email address and you get the basic fundamental phrases that will get you started just to express yourself uh, in a conversation, just to show that you're interested. I think that's a very n- nice step. Uh, you don't have to claim that you're a speaker. You just show your respect for the culture by using a word or two. 
uh, for example, the barman or the B&B host, for example, if you if you do get to travel to Ireland, uh, that it will help you. So what I do have to say is uh, bite-size, I enjoy it so much that our customers are part of the journey. So we're not dictating, you're getting this now and we're <laughs> going to offer this service. And they're really part of um, helping us formulate what we do provide. So it's been just such a lovely journey to do that. And yeah, um, our main bite-size Irish Gaelic course is uh, run through what we call the bite-size method. So you take a free trial, you try other online lessons, you can sign up, but then the method really kicks in. So we've got online lessons that are broken up uh, between vocabulary, conversations, and video, which is a new category which we've launched. And the basic idea is that we've got thousands of recordings, crystal clear audio recordings, and you can use what's called the shadow method. So it's basically you hear the native speaker speak, and that's me in the recordings, and then you uh, repeat, and we've got written phonetics on the lessons as well. So that's the first step. The second step is that you reach out, you interact. So you can contact our language assistant with questions because what worse thing if you're feeling just completely lost instead of using an, a platform app where there's nobody to ask, you can ask our language assistant. And the third step is deliberate practice, which is a proven method for stretching your abilities. So these are um, monthly group calls that we do over video. So it's your chance to stretch your ability. We basically expect that you'll find it difficult, which is can be can cause a bit of anxiety, but we know why it feels like a source of anxiety, because it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And so you basically try to express yourself uh, on a certain topic. You're given support material to prepare beforehand, and you get immediate feedback from the language assistant. So that's the third main step. And then you go back to the online lessons and take your selection of the different lessons. We have well over 100. And you go around and around like that, and hopefully making the Irish language really a lifetime <clears throat> journey. Um, it's not something you can just like study in a weekend. The people I've seen most successful in it, they really jump in like mm -hmm. completely. And it's not just the language, it's not just one product, but they try to hear it in as many different ways as possible. They make it part of their everyday. They put it on their clothes, you know, mm -hmm. certain phrases. They'll have stickers. They just, they'll call their dog uh, some Irish name or speak to their dog in Irish. Um, it, they really jump in and uh, try to meet people locally as well if that's possible. So it's Bite-size certainly doesn't exist in a vacuum. You, if you're interested in the language, uh, please dive in and find as many good resources as you can. And there are a few other resources. I know we've we've both mentioned uh, TG Cahart, which you can find online if you just Google TG and the number four. And that's that's free online for the most part. And a lot of the shows are in Irish, but subtitled in English. So if you really want to pay attention and follow the show, in many cases you can, which is very nice. But then there's also an Irish radio station. Yeah, it's called Radio Nagueltechta. So that's uh, obvious. It's obvious how you spell that, right? <laughs> uh, 
So the organization that runs it is RTE, RTE, and that's the main, that's the state broadcaster in Ireland. So if you can find RTE.ie, you'll be able to find the Radio Nagueltachta radio station because you can play their different radio stations online, and that's one of the radio stations in the list. There's only about five or six radio stations, I think, so mm-hmm. it's, you should be able to find it. Uh, we can always add a link to it. Yep. Like. There will be so, links yeah. in the show notes for sure to, to all the resources. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I am a big believer of using immersion to learn a language. And that means, like, I, I like to reverse the question. It's like, how, what would you do in order to not learn a language? Well, first of all, you would never listen to it. You'd never hear it. You'd never expose yourself to the language, right? Forget, like, self-study or whatever. But um, you can see this actually implicitly, like, in countries where the English language, they don't traditionally have um, capabilities in the language. The young people in certain countries are very proficient in English. So why, like, it's not just schooling, because, like, I've seen people getting schooled in, the, in say, the French language, and we come mm-hmm. out 10, 20 years later without that language. So my belief there is it's much more about immersion. It's this cultural immersion that they're looking online, there's videos, they're watching YouTube, uh, really getting immersed in it. And you can use that same trick for yourself. And it doesn't have to be just spoken word either. Like, uh, there's plenty of Irish traditional music that's very sweet to listen to. Some of them have with lyrics and songs, some without. Um, but I wouldn't draw a line there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's whatever Irish culture thing you can get your hands on uh, to make it part of your everyday life. I'd say go for it. Excellent. Now. As we know, people are busy and they're on the go, so having things to listen to are always great. Do you have any mobile-type offerings that people could, you know, download on a phone or even an app? Anything like that that's that's available now or possibly in the future? Yeah, so our main bite-sized Irish Gaelic course uh, does work on mobile as in, if you have an internet connection, you mm-hmm. can access our site in your browser and it will format pretty okay um, so that you can use it. For being on the go, like you said, I think audio is fantastic. So we do have a product that's an audio program. It's a big program. It's got 15 hours of audio, but we do have a smaller product and it's called Learn Irish with Owen. And you can find that on Amazon, probably Spotify, it's in a lot of different places. It's a one-hour crash course. And if somebody was looking to just dive in a little into the Irish language, we've gotten some really nice feedback over the past couple of years on that. Um, When I recorded it, my particular goal was to give the listener time to repeat the phrases that are taught. And what we what we we do very well at bite size is to explain the concept behind the phrase. So you don't just learn the phrase and it just sounds completely alien, mm-hmm. right? We try to break it down and say, oh, but we've already covered that word and you know what that word means. So in this context, that's why it's popping up in this phrase. So this um, album, Learn Irish with Owen, E-O-I-N is my name. 
uh, you can find that, for example, on Amazon. It's around 10 bucks or something like that. So it's, that's a nice uh, starter as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me, there's uh, an app that does have Irish on it called Duolingo. Mm-hmm. Have you, how do you think that app is, because I know there are a lot of resources out there that I have seen. Um, I know when my girls were little and into Barbie, Barbie had a language game online and Barbie's Irish was atrocious. So (laughs) just going to say Barbie did not do Irish well. So how do you think the Duolingo app does If People are on the go and they're just wanting something quick and and they don't want to sit and waste their time on Facebook. How do you how do you feel that Duolingo app is? Oh, it's fantastic. Like It's a fantastic piece of software. I've read as well uh, that they recently got a native Connemara speaker, so that's from the west of Ireland, and to do some of their recordings, so that just oh, makes perfect. it better. Yeah, um, so their mo- method of uh, revising is fantastic. So even yesterday I was speaking to some customers um, over a webinar, so they mm-hmm. were typing in their questions, and um, somebody said, Duolingo, yeah, it, it's good. It's very good for vocabulary. Um, but what bite-size does is bring you to the next level. So I think as an adult learner, for me anyway, you can only get to a certain point where you start asking questions like, why does it say that? Why is there like the huh sound mm-hmm. <laughs> in this part of the phrase? And you can really on, only explain that with some logic, logic explanation and that comes down to grammar in the end although grammar is not the fundamental focus of bite size like i think conversation is more important Mm -hmm. to us than vocabulary or grammar but it it does all feed into itself so um yes do install duolingo it's interesting that they picked out the irish language as one of their languages to cover Mm -hmm. and there's definitely hundreds or thousands of people using it every day. Excellent. Well, it's just nice to have, you know, one more resource. Like you said, it will only take you so far. And then, but if you're really interested, then that leads you on to the next step. So now you mentioned Connemara as someplace where they have a native Irish speaker for that app. So as we wrap this up, I want to lead into maybe some places that people could go to hear the Irish language spoken without it being someplace that all the tourists are going and they're going to maybe, you know, do a traditional Irish night. So, of course, they're going to hear a few words of Irish. So if somebody's visiting Ireland and wants to hear Irish spoken just on the street or in the pub or in the shop, what are three places that you think would be good destinations for them to add to their itineraries to have that experience? Driving is the very best way to experience everything Ireland has to offer. And that's why I'm excited to partner with Irish Car Rentals to provide unbeatable quotes for your Ireland vacation. When you're ready to book your car rental, visit irishcarrentals.com and use promotion code IFV for Ireland Family Vacations in the promotions box. Thanks so much for listening. Now, here come those recommended places to visit. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting question because definitely a lot of people who I've bumped into who are interested in learning the Irish language, 
an ultimate goal would be to visit Ireland or to you know come back to visit Ireland once again. So it's a it goes hand in hand. I think wanting to travel to Ireland and being interested in the language. And I would also kind of add a warning as well. Like it can be difficult to find the language. Um, and especially since they don't recognize you, you're obviously a tourist. <laughs> uh, so they're going to greet you in English uh, wherever you go. Like even if you're out in the Aran Islands off the west coast of Ireland. So um, I would start with a place, a little village called Anchaeru Rua. In, in English it's called Cararo. And the reason I recommend this, they only have like, last time I was there, like one possibly two pubs and then like a cafe um so just for example in the cafe i was in there it was a very interesting experience it was uh three women having a cup of coffee uh two of the women were speaking in irish the third was speaking in english they were all having the same conversation <laughs> interacting <laughs> with each other it was just completely bilingual conversation so i found that very interesting and i went to the pub in the same place um, one of the evenings because I was working locally and you could definitely hear the locals speak Irish, no doubt about it. The bar staff were speaking English, interestingly, and they they served me in English. So that was kind of a bit of an anxiety moment for me. It's like, do I order my Guinness in Irish? <laughs> or like, do I, <laughs> well, I seem foolish. Um, so I think actually I took probably the bad option and I, I ordered in English. <laughs> um, but I was had a great time uh, listening to the locals speaking Irish. You can see that it's just part of their community, even though it's not uh, very maybe accessible when you're visiting there. So that that would be number one, Jody. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt here and say, how yeah. would you order a pint of Guinness in Irish? How would you ask for that? Oh, yeah, great question. So I guess uh, we'll say Guinness, because why not, but whatever your preference is. And the word for a pint is pionta, so that's obviously like an imported mm -hmm. word we have. So there's not much to this, but um, I guess to say please is a, a phrase in itself. So we break it down. So I'll say it first, and then we'll break it down. So what you say is pionta Guinness le de hull. And that means a pint of Guinness, please. And I guess if you're ordering two pints, you just like <clears throat> come back and, and say again <laughs> instead of starting to learn the numbers. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> so, pianta Guinness. And then to say please, it's a phrase. It's like with your wishes, literally. Oh. Le do hull. Le do or like, yeah, with your wishes, like that you're doing it voluntarily. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's a good question, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so location number two. Location number two, uh, I would stick to a touristy place. I would say Dingle and Dangan, Dangan Ihush, a couple of different names for it. That's down in Kerry, and it's on a beautiful peninsula, the Dingle Peninsula. And the Irish language is certainly very strong around there. It, it's like officially recognised to be a Gaeltacht region. Although, you know, when you're walking around Dingle Town, I think you you pretty much hear English um, unless you go searching for it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do? Like, how do you search for it? Like, okay, you can be very organized and try to attend a class or something, but otherwise there's um, some pubs. So you could always, like, ask the local, for example, B&B owner, uh, what would be a good pub to go to to hear some Irish language? Oh, Flaherty's is a is a particularly nice one um, to n- make a note of if anybody ever plans to go to Dingle. Dingle is it's just a beautiful area. Like I'd say, you're quite familiar with the area, Jody. Would you I think? I am relative. I'm yeah, pretty familiar with Dingle. And you know, a nice thing about Dingle is in some of the shops you'll see by the cash register. A little sign that says, uh, we speak Irish. So, oh, but it's, yeah. but it's, you know, it's, it, it's written in Irish. So, you know, it says, and so when you see that, you know that, you know, at least if you say thank you. Yeah. And like you gave me this tip before, Jody, it's good when you're leaving a conversation to throw in some Irish, maybe if you're just trying to get used to it. So, you could say Gurdamahagat to say thank you or Slan to say goodbye, Slan. So that like leaves no pressure on the other person. They can reply to you in Irish or they can say, oh, but I'm from Poland <laughs> or whatever. Um, but uh, it, it basically leaves no pressure on the other person. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about that. And, and you can venture a bit further. And very little pressure on yourself because if you begin in Irish, and the person you're speaking to is very fluent, then you, you know, you kind of end up with, okay, I, I don't know that much. <laughs> and then, and then they revert back. So. That's a good positive way. So will I jump on to number three? Yes. Number three. Yeah. Uh, maybe a non-traditional uh, suggestion. And that would be Belfast um, in Northern Ireland, main city of Northern Ireland. The reason I find Belfast so interesting is it's, it's one of those like places that the urban Irish language movement has really took a hold. Now, uh, when we talk about Belfast in Northern Ireland, it's very easy to get stuck in the muddy waters of politics. Mm-hmm. And uh, different people of different sides have different opinions. But it's certainly people um, of that tradition in Belfast. And there's Definitely, it, it's, it comes from the heart. Like, I don't think it's just this um, tool to use against other people. You can see that it's part of the community. So, uh, once again, if you're strolling down Belfast city centre, like, I'm pretty sure that you won't hear the Irish language <laughs> unless, yeah, unless it's a good coincidence. Like, I heard it on a tram in Montpellier in South France. I think that's the furthest way I heard it. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, some Irish people were using it to basically gossip about another girl on the tram. <laughs> and I said, oh, hi, <laughs> I'm from Ireland as well. So in Belfast, um, city centre, probably not. There's probably some pubs that are, have a good focus on that. But to really um, dip into the Irish language, you'd want to go take the bus out or drive out to the Falls Road, which mm-hmm. is, I would call it, kind of the suburbs of Belfast uh, you'll see some things like the Belfast Peace Wall which is this mm-hmm. big structure that just runs through different communities, the two different communities in Belfast to keep them divided in, certain, in, the, in the worst places you know right. um, but for 
all road you'll see uh, multilingual signs. Um, it's a very kind of Irishy feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And call into the local pub there, and uh, you you'll surely uh, strike up an co- interesting conversation with the locals. So yeah, to go on that tangent as well, like I know, like I've, personally, like I'm the type of person that I'll probably wrongly kind of lean away from an embarrassing situation. Right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to feel emotional pain, so <laughs> it's tough. Basically, what I'm trying to say, it is tough to put yourself in that position to uh, even try to express yourself in the Irish language. But even just striking up a conversation with a person in the bar and asking them questions about it and understanding their view of it. Like, mm-hmm. chances are, actually, the person is just going to have this apathetic feeling. They don't, they don't care about the Irish language. But uh, it's good to even just understand that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's kind of one of those things it feels like, at least looking at it from the outside. I don't know how many of my listeners realize that, you know, children in in Ireland do learn the Irish language in school. It's it's part of their their early education. I don't know if if they're required to take it clear through to the end, but I know that they do. Pretty much. Yeah, it's actually still an obligatory thing all the way to the end of high school. And but so few speak it by the time they get out of school. It's kind of like how Americans learn Spanish and French. They learn it in school, but it's not used a lot. And so by the time they're out of school and they've gone on their way, the majority of people still have a few words, but they they can't have that conversation. So looking at it in that way, that's kind of how it feels to me. But there, there is that resurgence, and then you have the, the year of the Irish language this year, which is being backed by the, what, the, the government has some, some things going on, and you're going to find Irish language festivities and activities com- all across the country. So there, yeah, there is made, a big focus. They made an extra big splash around St. Patrick's Day, like every year. Uh, it's called Shachtan Negoelige, so the Week of Irish, which is a very nice way to focus people around events in the Irish language. And, yeah, given this nice uh, marketing decision, really, you know, um, to, for 2018 to be the year of the Irish language, it just gives us an extra good excuse to celebrate how far <laughs> we've come. <laughs> and the, the real, what I would call positive energy, like you can talk to different people, They'll have different opinions, but uh, this positive energy around the Irish language, I don't think was there, say, when I was born 35 years ago and starting to be brought up with the Irish language. I think it was it was a very different societal um, environment at the time. And it's, I, I just think it's one of those really important things that even if it's not a common everyday, everybody uses it, it's so important to that culture. and the majority of people who visit Ireland are visiting because of the culture of the country. And it's just, it's one of those things that, that needs to be there for that culture to survive and thrive. Yeah, definitely. And people in Ireland actually don't realize the number of people outside of Ireland who are interested in the Irish language. You know, there's like uh, immersion uh, weekends that take place, for example, in San Francisco every year. 
There was one in Iowa this year. Yeah. One in Iowa, right? Um, that's yeah, I've been told about. And there, like I was at the um, uh, Irish Fest in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and I was just amazed to hear uh, some Chicago natives who had travelled to there. And they were absolutely fluent in the Irish language, more pure <laughs> Irish language than my Irish language, less <laughs> English being used in it. Um, and so, yeah, I guess to come back, I'll finish up my point, that if you're thinking of visiting Ireland, um, it's such a fantastic, positive thing to do. Um, you, like, you don't need anybody to give you permission to want to speak some of the Irish language, even a few phrases, like you do it for what you feel is best for you, and then it will make your your trip to Ireland all the more enjoyable. Oh, I think that's the perfect way to wrap this up, Owen. That's I, I love that sentiment. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I know that, that with our time difference, your little ones are probably getting ready for bed right about now, so I really appreciate you taking the time to chat. Well, it's a real pleasure, and thanks to your listeners for uh, keeping their ears open. Uh, it's definitely an interesting subject, and, you know, I always welcome, you know, contact through our site if anybody has more questions, for example. But otherwise, I just hope, Jody, that we've sparked interest in a couple of people today to just maybe seek out the Irish language, have a listen to what it actually sounds like when you hear it spoken on YouTube, for example. So it's been a real pleasure and hope to see you next time you're over in Ireland, Jody. Yes, that would be terrific. For everybody listening, the links in the show notes will link you to every resource we've talked about today and, of course, to Owen's Bite Size Irish Gaelic site. Thanks so much for listening to the Traveling in Ireland podcast. As always, if you have enjoyed what you heard, please leave a five-star review at iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Slangaful.